my God, this mic so, is really loud. I'm going to keep it down here. Okay. Um, my name is Anna. I'm an alcoholic and addict. Uh, my preferred pronouns are she, her, and sometimes I will even respond to daddy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Lauren, thank you so much for asking me to share. I'm uh, really grateful to be here um, and to be sober. I also want to just take some time because growing up, I first as a trans woman, did not ever think that I could have a beautiful life, um, especially the way that I grew up. I also felt like I didn't deserve to have a good life. And so just to see so many beautiful queer people in this place, I think it's just amazing. Um, and I'm, I, I get to be here and share space with you guys, and I think that's amazing. Um, every day I wake up, I get a chance to live my best life the way that I, you know, want to live my life, and I don't have to make choices or change anything based on, you know, what other people think. Um, I have a little bit over five years sober, uh, and I'm, and I could not have done it without these rooms. I love, uh, 12 step, uh, a lot. It has given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I know it's corny because a lot of the stuff that sometimes we say in these rooms can sound a little corny, but I've ver found them to be very, very true. Now I'm a cross addicted alcoholic, so I, We'll share about my alcoholism, but I will also be sharing about my drug use because I feel like they go hand in hand. Um, so I was kind of like a late bloomer. I started using when I was 20, and it was when I moved here to San Francisco. And I had a really, really hard time. I think we've all heard the stories, but I know for me, I grew up in foster care, and from the minute I was born, I was unwanted, and I didn't deserve a life worth living. You know, I was told I should be ashamed of who I who I am, and that the things I wanted in life, I learned very young that I was never going to have those things, and I didn't deserve them because I was different. And um, my whole childhood, I heard these things, and I forget where I heard it just today, but I heard someone say that when you hear things as a child, like, the longer you hear something, the, the harder it is to, like, grow out of that. And I'm grateful for these rooms because these rooms have honestly allowed me to grow out of those things. And every now and then, every blue moon, I do have a, a moment where I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to try out for that because I, I don't feel like I'm worthy of that or I don't deserve that. Um, and that's just all the stuff that, like, comes from, you know, growing up the way that I did. But today I know that that's not true. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to have a, a wonderful life. And... Um, I don't have the, I'm glad that it's true what they say, that I I definitely got a lot more than I wanted, and I'm glad that I'm not the one deciding my life. I, like, choose to accept things or not, but overall, my higher power makes my life happen today, and I'm so glad because I think I would have shortchanged myself. You know, I, I um, on paper, should not be happy because I live in a SLE, which is a sober living home, I work at a nonprofit. I'm a little bit overweight. Like these are things that you know you would think is not uh, someone who is happy, but I am so happy, chubs and all. I am really, really happy. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I did. I was suffering from a spiritual void, and I um, from all the trauma of my youth, and I didn't know what to do with that. I wanted so much in life, and I guess I didn't necessarily want material things, but I, I, God damn it, I wanted to be a soccer mom. 
That's what I wanted, you know. When I transitioned, like, that was my fantasy. I wanted to, you know, be the mom, dropping off the kids at school. Like, that was my fantasy. That's what I wanted. You know, some people wanted fur coats and jet around the world. I wanted to be a soccer mom, you know, because to me, the way I saw it was I was... I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to be like every other woman around me with that possibility, that chance of having kids, having a relationship, having a good life. And for a long time, I felt like I didn't deserve that because of who I was. And then once I started using and drinking, I felt like I also didn't deserve it. You know, that I felt, I think I was punishing myself for a long time. And today I choose not to punish myself. I know that those are just things that I had to do to survive. Um, but I am not the choices I made when I was younger. You know, today I make better choices. I try. Um, every, every day is a new adventure. And every day I get an opportunity to be closer to that woman that I want to be because the reality is I feel like I've learned that every day I evolve, I grow. And so I'm glad I'm not that one-note character that I want it to be because, yes, I look like a soccer mom and I work hard at it. Thank you. Um, but I also get to explore other avenues, you know. I My life is so rich emotionally and spiritually, and I didn't know that that's what I needed and wanted in my life. And now that I have it, like, I'm grateful. I'm super grateful. Uh, right now I've been asked to leave my sober living place because I make too much money. I never thought that they would even ever, like, that would ever be a part of my life, that I make too much money, you know, because every time I'd make money, it was going either to some booze or some drugs. So I never had more than, like, $5. And if I had $5, I had already promised it to somebody. So, like, you know. And today I'm able to spoil my friends and spoil my family. I have a really good uh, network of support in my life. I think early on I learned that if I worked really hard to make AA and 12-step in general a part of my life... Instead of feeling like it's a chore, like I have to do this to stay clean and sober, I think I think I would be miserable as all kinds of health. But I'm not. It's just what I do. It's kind of like taking my um, medication. I've been HIV positive since I was 19, and today I look at recovery like I do my HIV meds. It's it's nothing. It's just what I need to do to have a better life. And 12 step has become my way of life. It's not a chore. Trust me, sometimes it's like another meeting, and I, and I just do it. You know, it's just what I do. Today, 99% of my relationships are in these rooms, and I love it because other people know what I'm going through. I don't have to explain everything. You know, all I have to just like sh- shout out a, a, a step, and they know where I'm at. <laughs> it's like, girl, I'm not, I'm not on my fourth yet. Calm down. Let me breathe. I'm just really grateful. I think I taken more than 10 minutes, right? No? Oh, my goodness. Uh, (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm like a talker, and all of a sudden, I get up here, and I'm, like, ready to stop. (laughs) Um, I feel like 10 minutes is not necessarily enough to share how grateful I am for these rooms. I will say that um, I get to be everything I want and more every day, and it's because of these rooms. And I feel lucky to be a recovering alcoholic and addict because I know normies that go in every day and are miserable and sad and 
don't have instructions on how to live a better life. And I feel fortunate that, like, yeah, I went through some hard stuff, but I come into these rooms, and I have a template. I have a guide to show me how to, like, feel my feelings, process my feelings, how to get support. Like, normies don't have this stuff. And I'm grateful that I have this because I don't have to sit there and for three years wonder why I am like feeling the way that I can. If I follow the steps and I do the work, I know why I feel the way that I do. And I can move beyond that. I'm just so grateful. Um, I went from being a shell, from being, I don't know, it was just the way I was living was awful. Um, I Just the last time I uh, relapsed was, like I said, five years ago. I was using to to use, and I was drinking to, like, be able to sleep because I couldn't sleep unless I was, like, knocked out. And so I would drink uh, four locos. That was my choice of, like, sleeping medication. Um, I don't recommend it. I've heard you can go blind from those now. So, but um, it was just crazy. I, I... Again, I grew up in foster care, and I don't know if that necessarily had a big part in it, but I just know that no one ever showed me how to process anything in life, right? And all I kept hearing was how I didn't deserve anything. And so today I'm grateful because I do. I have a way out of any situation. And if I don't know it and if I can't do it myself, I have all of you. I love being a part of these rooms, and specifically part of the LGBTQ Extra, extra, extra. I don't know. I haven't kept up with the new acronyms, but, like, there's more more letters now. Um, but I love having a, a community within our community of recovery, you know, because there is someone in these rooms at all times that does know how I feel, and all I have to do is reach out. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for sober living. Um, I like coming every year and seeing what shenanigans are happening, and I love it. Um one of my, like, unexpected relationships that I've had in these rooms has been my friend Erica. She was my roommate for 18 months. Uh, and before that, she, you know, we had known each other from out there in the madness. And um, it's just funny how the world works. And now, like, I check in on her, and I'm like, how you doing, girl? You want to go eat, girl? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it's, again, I feel like I'm at 10 minutes, and so I'm going to stop. But... I definitely will give you guys my number if you want it. Um, I can listen as well as I can talk. I've learned that in these rooms. It's not always about me. You know, it's about us and how we can support each other. Um, I love being clean and sober. Um, I do NA, CMA, AA. I believe in um, if you need help, find it. And if you need help finding the help that you need, come talk to me. You know? I love you guys. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Again, it's not always about me, and if people need support, I'm willing to be here. Um, I was just telling somebody yesterday, I wish I could have been here, but I was being a supportive uh, sister, and I was helping, you know, tie somebody up, because that's what we do in these rooms. We help each other out wherever we're at, you know? 
So that's why I wasn't here yesterday. I was helping somebody get out of some knots. So <laughs> um, what else can I talk about? I mean, I think that the simple answer is I know as a, as a trans sexually fluid individual, I my life was really small and I felt like it had to be that small. I felt like I had, like I wasn't worthy of anything and that's the best way to explain it. Like I felt like I didn't deserve anything and I think that's one of the reasons why I was so angry, sad, and one of the reasons why I lashed out at everybody. You know, and today, even though my face may not always show it, I am full of love. You know, I suffer from resting bitch face and that's just, you know, I, I work every year to soften that up. You know, I put some creams on it, some moisturizer to like, you know, but it's there. It's, I think it's always going to be there. And I think that's just, the, you know, who, a part of who I am because even though I'm not the, the things that I did when I was out there, I am me and, you know, this is a part of me. I just want you to know that just because you're different, because you're trans, queer, however you may identify, if you ever feel like you're not worthy of a, of a amazing life, you need to call me because we can sit there and chop it up and I can tell you a million and one reasons why you do deserve to have a great life. You do not have to be miserable. You do not have to be sad. One of the other things that I usually check, uh, talk about and I, for whatever reason it just popped into my head that I didn't talk about is mental health. I'm also bipolar, um, borderline schizophrenic. And for the most part, as long as I take my meds, I'm pretty good. And even when I take my meds, I have moments where I'm like super manic. And if you're a part of my life, if you're in my circle, I check in. My oh girl, I'm having a manic Monday or a manic Tuesday. Like I let people know because I feel like the more people know how I am, even when I'm manic and when I'm having a, an episode, they know what my norm is. So that way when they see me out of character, they can check in with me, right? Like, girl, I don't recognize this side of you. Even when you're manic, you're not like this. What's going on? So I think it's important to, to share where we're at. But again, if you're struggling with, I don't deserve to be happy. I did this and I did that. Like you can come up with a million and one reasons why not to be happy, but I can give you just as many as to why you, you deserve to be here and why you deserve to be happy. Um, today, um, I have um, the people that have known me for a while know my chosen family and I never thought I would have family period. And today I have amazing friends who have become like my mom and my dad. I have a baby sister who um, is a little bit over a year old and she's the light of my life. I am grateful every day because she'll get to grow up and see me be a strong, confident woman, living my best life, best extra life. And, um, you know, that's amazing. I, I'm ready to impart my wisdom, you know, I'm like, girl, you, I will show you how to pick some locks, how to get out of somebody's trunk. You know what I mean? Real life skills from when, the, from when things get real thick, you know? And my, uh, my chosen mom starts laughing. She's like, why are you going to teach her that? And I'm like, because I feel like as an addict, I've lived in the real world. You know, as an alcoholic and addict, I've lived in the real world. And for me, the skills that I can provide the next generation is for when you get in those situations, Yes, you will be able to pick your way out of a lock, out of someone's trunk. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, on top of showing you how to make some really good salsa, I will make sure that you know how to get yourself out of some handcuffs, honey. Yes, I will. 
Um, but I get to share my life with, you know, this beautiful creature. She's like, I don't know, she's the light of my life. Um, I also have a family in 12 step. I can go to pretty much any meeting in the city, whether AA, NA, CMA, and I, I, I feel like I'm at home, you know? I also felt weird when I first got, uh, clean and sober because as a trans woman, I was always told that like cisgendered women were my enemy and, you know, that gay men were my enemy and, you know, and it's, it's like everywhere I went, I had enemies and I, and I felt like I could never just be and make friends. And today, like 90% of my friends are homosexuals. You know, my life is fabulous. <laughs> we get to go glamping. They take care of me. I love it. You know, um, but it's just funny that paranoia, that insecurity, like that has left me. Like I said, for the most part, 90% of the time, I, I feel good. I never thought I'd have calmness and still in my life. And um, my first year um, being clean and sober, it was weird. I kept calling my sponsor. I'm like, I feel weird. I don't know what it is. Everything feels weird. She's like, because the sky's not falling. Oh, oh that makes sense. You know, it took me a while to realize that my life had become so chaotic that that's what my normal was. And today, sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, what am I doing? What, what's happening? Oh, I'm enjoying the breeze. I'm like, whoa, that's that's different. <laughs> you know, I catch myself enjoying the little things that, as a trans woman of color, immigrant trans woman of color, you know, I never thought I'd have. Sometimes I sit, my, I sit at work and I'm like... They value me here. They respect my ideas, regardless of, you know, who I am. And it's like, I deserve it. You know, I work hard for it. And it's just, another thing I heard today was grace, right? Um, at the um, meeting that I have a commitment this morning. You know, every day I'm grateful for something. And as soon as I feel like I'm, I can't find a thing to be grateful for, it's a time to check in with my sponsor, you know, or go to a meeting because, again, everything I need to be able to survive and have a good life is right around here. It's in these rooms, in these people. I never thought I'd have other friends that were trans women. You know, again, growing up on the streets and being an ex-sex worker, it's like nobody's your real friend. You know, it's like their competition. You might share a moment, but, like, their competition. And today I have some strong sisters that I, like, look up to and that I love. Um, and that's not the norm in my community when I was growing up, you know. Even in young adulthood, it's, again, you couldn't trust anybody. And that that's a lot to carry when you're 18, 19, 17, 16. That weight of being alone and not having any support, that's a lot. Today, I just, it's like taking off my bra. It's just like so much release. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so free. <laughs> um you guys like my metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it 100. <laughs> Again, I feel like I'm done like imparting wisdom, so I'm going to pass it on. But I love you guys. Again, um, if you want to get my number after this, I have my card. So, yeah, love you guys. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Christopher. I'm an alcoholic. I'm uh, incredibly grateful to uh, be here today. It's always an honor and privilege to have the opportunity to speak in Alcoholics Anonymous. I um, had my first drink when I was uh, 12 years old. I was living with a family who was not my biological family. 
And, um, you know, the mom wanted a little girl, and I wasn't a little girl. At the time, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just knew that I was very, very uncomfortable in my body. And... Um, uh, yeah, you know, I just felt really sad. And I remember having my first drink. It was a Coors Light, kind of gross, but that's what was in the fridge. And I was left alone, uh, which I often was. And I remember drinking it, and I remember feeling a sense of relief. And um, that felt really good. <laughs> I uh, continued drinking um in my adolescence, I eventually actually le asked to leave that house. Um, I also, uh, as you can understand, grew up in uh, foster care. Uh, my parents are heroin addicts, and my dad ended up in prison, and my mom ended up with a severe and persistent mental health uh, problem from her heroin and crystal addiction. And so uh, eventually my parents' rights were terminated, and I grew up in the foster care system like my my uh, colleague here who just spoke. Um, so, you know, um, my I drank and used uh, in my adolescence. Um, I was always uh, incredibly uh, afraid to do anything more than alcohol and smoke weed uh, because uh, I saw a lot of uh, people um, really losing their minds around me. Um, a lot of my friends were, were doing uh, crystal and LSD and would come come in front of me and all of a sudden they were a different person with a different name and my mom had um, mental health issues so I was just afraid. I thought like, oh, if I just stick to alcohol and a little bit of marijuana, I'll be fine. I won't turn up like my parents. I won't you know, end up going to prison or end up crazy for lack of a better word. Um, and so... You know, uh, my my drinking uh, qu quickly uh, led into uh, many many blackouts. <laughs> I was a blackout drinker. Um, you know, and I, I would uh, wake up the next day, and people would tell me all kinds of things that I did that, uh, you know, that uh, caused me a lot of shame. You know, <laughs> uh, how I treated people. Um, would cheat on my girlfriends, you know, just things that, you know, I'd wake up, uh, I'd pass out and end up, you know, peeing myself. My friends would change my clothes, just crazy stuff, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I made it into Alcoholics Anonymous when I was 23 years old. Um, and I remember going to my first meeting, um, absolutely terrified. <laughs> um, uh, experiencing a tremendous amount of anger uh, and a lot of deep sadness. Uh, and it all corresponded to my upbringing, you know, where I uh, just kind of felt like I, I got, you know, a bad deck of cards, you know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, in the beginning, I thought I, I was, uh, I thought that I just drank and used uh, because I, I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. I didn't really understand that I had a, an allergy to alcohol, <laughs> that once I pick up a drink, uh, my, my mind uh, goes into another sphere where I can't stop drinking. 
I, I think I had one time when I had that first Coors Light where I didn't drink anything more. But after that, I, I could not ever uh, not uh, just, you know, have a couple couple uh, beers or a couple cocktails. Um, predominantly 40s. <laughs> I couldn't afford anything expensive, you know. So um, as a result, you know, I'd come to meetings and then I would uh, I'd just go get loaded. I didn't, I, I just really had a hard time staying clean and sober, uh, in the beginning. And eventually I, uh, I went into Stepping Stone in San Diego. It's a clean, clean and sober recovery residential program. Uh, and that's actually really, really helpful for me. I stayed there for 11 months and, um, that was helpful. Um, and, uh, eventually I moved to San Francisco, uh, when I think I was like three years sober. And, uh, everything was good. And then I ended up moving to New York to go to graduate school, uh, which was kind of a big deal, you know, coming from a family that my parents didn't even graduate high school. Uh, so there I am, you know, at an Ivy League university. And, uh, I stopped going to meetings because I was cool like that. And, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me. And, um, I wasn't connected to the program and I wasn't connected to my higher power and I stopped reaching out to my sponsor and um, I chose uh, to smoke marijuana after six and a half years of being clean and sober. Did not pick up a drink of alcohol but I I smoked marijuana and I was out for a year and a half and uh, I was coming, you know, to and back from New York to San Francisco and I finally came clean to my sponsor, and my sponsor was like, you know, uh, you're a dry drunk, and you need to go back to AA. And uh, so I came back to the program uh, in 2006. So uh, this January, I'll be coming up on 14 years. Um, you know, and during that time, I, um, you know, I had started uh, physically transitioning very, very slowly. Uh, I was very much on the down low for many, many, many years. Uh, and I had changed my name, you know, from Christina to Tina to T. And I started binding. And uh, eventually I, I started, um, you know, I went to some support groups uh, in New York. Uh, I was really uh, afraid of uh, transitioning. Uh, I, I had ha- had a lot of really... Um, just not so great experiences uh, growing up. I was. It was never, uh, you know, are you are you a lesbian? It was, are you a boy or a girl? And I was harassed all the time, and I didn't understand when I was a kid what was going on. I di- I just didn't get it. And so, um, I, w- I was really, uh, even though internally I I knew that I I knew that I was a boy. I was kind of hidden. <laughs> uh, and my relationships, and eventually I, I got the courage. And you know, thank God I was sober, you know, clean and sober, that I was able to have a lot of people around me um, that just loved me. And that's what I found in Alcoholics Anonymous: is I can come here and show up and be honest, um, and that the room, the energy of Alcoholics Anonymous will love me. You know, until I learned how to love myself, until I learned how to be like, okay, okay, I can do this. Um, and not be in so much fear. Um, so, you know, I moved back to, to back to San Francisco in 2010. Uh, my mom, my biological mom passed away in 2010. She was hit by a car. She was loaded. 
and um and it was uh very sad as one one could imagine and at the same time i was really uh grateful that she wasn't in pain anymore you know um and at that time i had uh had a friend of mine in the program who um uh sent me an energy healing modality. I'm not going to go into it too much, but it uh, completely changed my life and it completely changed my career. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in 2010, I uh, started um, on more of an internal journey in my recovery and I, I really started uh, doing a lot more prayer and a lot more meditation. And um, it has uh, completely uh, changed my life. I am now, um, yeah, you know, I, I do service work for a living, and um, it brings me a great deal of uh, happiness and joy, and I learned about doing service here in Alcoholics Anonymous when my sponsor would make me <laughs> get a service commitment. <laughs> I didn't really understand why, and it was really irritating to me. Um, and I found out that it, it it helped me not be so um, in my head all the time, and that if I am helpful to other people, that um, it helps me be less self-absorbed. <laughs> um, and that was really cool, uh, and it's been really helpful. Um, and I, I now find great joy in, in helping people and being of service. And I, it provides me um, just with a tremendous amount of gratitude. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what else I want to say other than, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and I know that if I wasn't clean and sober, the, the gifts that I have in my life and how I've changed, um, it, I would go right back. You know, I'd go back to being this fearful person, um, self-absorbed in what I think are my problems today, you know, uh, without a solution. Uh, and, you know, in the beginning I came to Alcoholics Anonymous because I, I, I like, craved drinking and using every day, and I, 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 I like, that was my solution to everything was to get loaded. I had a great day, get loaded. I had a bad day, get loaded. You looked at me the wrong way, get loaded. And uh, you guys told me that that I don't have to drink one day at a time. And, you know, now I come to Alcoholics Anonymous because the obsession has been removed um, to be of service. And sometimes I come because I'm having a really whatever, something happened, and I know that if I share about it, that... Um, that it will lose its power, you know, or if I, I say a prayer and ask my higher power for some help, or maybe I talk to someone and they help me reframe, like, however I'm thinking about something, usually it's like my brain just doesn't work correctly, um, that uh, things change, and then I change, and then I get to do that for someone else, um, which is really, uh, it's really, really awesome. So anyway, um, that's all I have. It's uh I'm grateful to be here, and uh, living sober is awesome. So thank you. Thank you.
Okay, so 